Welcome to another episode of Legally Unfiltered. This is attorney Franz Borkart. I'm here with attorney Richard Sprinkle. Legally Unfiltered is a legal podcast bringing you issues in the media and issues that affect your life. Today, we're talking about a hot topic for lawyers. That is, what do you do when your client doesn't pay you? And what do you do when your client doesn't pay you and the court won't let you off the case? And then more importantly, Richard, what do you do when your client doesn't pay you, the court doesn't let you off the case, and then you text message your client, have fun in jail? Well, that's what you don't do. Um, I was waiting for the Q Matthew McConaughey speech about, uh, you know, from Lincoln Lawyer here about Mr. Green hasn't appeared. Right. But uh, what you don't do is the week before trial, tell your client, look, I, I can't mount a defense for you because you haven't paid me. So I'm not going to work this weekend. And furthermore, all caps, have fun in prison. So this, this episode's out of the pages of the American Bar Association Journal. Uh, there was recently published an article that deals with a New Jersey lawyer who was censored for telling a non-paying client he wouldn't prepare for the impending trial um, if he didn't pay his legal fees. And, in, and he took it, in fact, one step further by, I think, texting him saying, have fun in prison. Now, before Richard goes a little bit more specifically into the facts, folks, let me tell you, from the standpoint of, of, of two lawyers, um, I will tell you, it's not uncommon that we have clients that occasionally don't pay us. The proper mechanism for 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 not paying paying you, or the the proper remedy for what happens when clients don't pay you, is typically if you're before court, you would file a motion to withdraw based on failure to get paid. Now, judges are sensitive to this sometimes, and they'll let you off the case. But but a lot of times, especially in criminal cases, what will happen is the judge will say, "Well, Mr. Borkart, Mr. Sprinkle, you should have gotten your money up front." You know, saddle up. You're on this this case, and you're and big boys, and and that's essentially what we're looking at happening happened here is that essentially this guy, this lawyer, tried to get off, and and the and the and the I guess the court said no dice. So well, he he tried not just once but twice to get off. Um, just to give a little backstory, the client was accused of sexual assaults on minors, four of them, all under the age of thirteen. And this guy was looking at, get this, Franz, a potential sentence of 200 years in prison. Why would he want to pay his attorney? Why on earth would he want to pay his attorney for that? Uh, well, the just a few days before the trial was scheduled, the attorney uh, told the client that he can't prepare an adequate defense unless he pays the fees. Um, and when I say just a few days before trial, I mean literally the week before trial. Now... He he had the attorney had asked two other times to withdraw from the case because the client wasn't cooperating and the client wouldn't take a, a plea deal that there, looked very favorable. Here's a shocker. The client that doesn't pay you disappears and doesn't cooperate with his or her defense because, of course, they're afraid that all that's going to come up is the money they haven't paid you. And of course, the client that doesn't pay you that doesn't want to cooperate in their defense of course, is the same client that doesn't want to take what is probably the excellent plea negotiation deal. Well, I would think if he got any deal less than 200 years that's in prison. That's a long time. Ooh, buddy. Uh, that, that, that's a rough sentence so, there, man. So my heart goes out. Look, I'm not condoning the text message that said, have fun in prison. But my heart goes out to this attorney because I've been there. And I'm sure, Richard, you've been there to where the, the thing you want to look at your client especially when it becomes adversarial, when it becomes adversarial and the clients criticizing the way you're doing a job and saying, you're not doing a good job. Who hasn't as a lawyer wanted to look at that client and say, you think I'm doing a bad job now, see how bad of a lawyer I am when you don't pay me. 
You just don't say that stuff. And and I think that's ultimately what the Supreme Court of New Jersey came down with was, look, we sympathize. We sympathize with your position, unpaid lawyer. And, you know, you're in a tough spot, but you can't be sending texts that say have fun in prison because, I mean, it's a conflict of interest, right? It's not just a conflict of interest, but the problem with the the disciplinary board in New Jersey, uh, the problem they have is that text tainted the jury. The judge now had to dismiss the jury and continue the case even farther down the road because he's going to have to find new jurors, the whole nine yards. Um, I mean, the attorney was in a difficult position, but the view of the New Jersey bar and the New Jersey Supreme Court was that this attorney placed his fee above the well-being of the client. And we all know that when it comes down to the client's best interests, the desire for the attorney to get paid is going to lose every time. It's just a tough spot, though. Yeah. I mean, it's it's bad. So it's easy for for individuals that live on ivory towers to say, get all your money up front. Right. But the reality of our business is that that a lot of clients are working on paying us over time. And a lot of us attorneys are basically giving them interest free loans. I say interest free loans. I don't charge an interest or a fee to pay over time. I don't think you're allowed to. I don't think think we're allowed to do that in Louisiana. Just just in case Louisiana Supreme Court's listening, we don't do that. Be sure you can't. But but it's an interest free loan. And so, so, uh, you know, I'm sympathetic. I agree. First of all, I agree with you. You can't put the financial end of this above the client's best interest and and your obligations to the client. But the problem, the problem really is, is if the court's not going to let you off, how is it fair to all your other paying clients? Your paying clients who should theoretically be a priority over the non-paying clients. And that's a reality. If I have to pick, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going on record saying this, if I have to pick between which client I'm going to do work for, if I'm going to do work for the client that's paid me as they've lived up to their agreement or the client that hasn't paid me, I mean, it's an easy, that's an easy answer. Now, that being said, there's that next level of, of bad lawyering when you start sending comments like, have fun in prison or screw you. I'm a, I'm going to tank this intentionally or anything of that nature. I think that, I think the answer is you keep trying to withdraw and then you have to, at some point just make lemonade out of lemons. Um, you know, but I, I just, it's- he, he was at the lemonade out of lemons point And instead of making the lemonade, he decided to chuck lemons at everybody in the room. And can I blame, you know, to some degree, I want to blame the judges. I want to say, look, you got to let these lawyers off. Well, this happened over a period of 13 months. And yes, yeah. if, if the guy raised this twice over 13 months, my client's not cooperating. He's not paying me and he's not listening to a word I'm saying. I mean, I think the attorney had a valid point there in a, in a, in a good case for withdrawal. So the rules of professional conduct, folks, state that that. We can set fees, right? And in criminal cases, it's generally a flat fee. Now, it may differ in different states, but for, for Louisiana at this moment, in this at this time, we can charge flat fees criminal law, okay? It's generally not an hourly fee basis, although I would suggest to you, ladies and gentlemen, that if we charged by the hour for criminal cases, stuff could get out of hand really quickly. I don't think the average person could ever afford a criminal attorney Well, and the at ripple that effect way. at that point is that the indigent public defenders offices, the indigent defense offices would have to pick up the slack for those clients that can't afford to or run out of money. Well, there's already a, a, a justice gap, they call, between the right, indigents right. and the folks that can afford the high-end attorneys. So we'll do an episode on we'll that. We'll do an episode this, on that later. Right. So, so 
I mean, we see it in family law. We see this rear its head in family law where at some point you run out of money when you're paying somebody by the hour and you either lose your family law attorney or you have to get another one and then you start the vicious cycle over again. But in civil forms, for the most part, at least where we practice, the civil attorneys get to get off the cases. I can't speak for how New Jersey is. I mean, and look, I can imagine a scenario as much as I'm coming down hard on judges that don't appreciate what it means to run a business as an entrepreneur and and understand that maybe sometimes you need to let lawyers who are not getting paid off because they're not working for free. I also sympathize with a court that is dealing with a difficult defendant who's facing difficult charges, wanting to have continuity of representation and wanting to have the, 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 the attorney that's been on the case from day one. So there's a lesson to be learned here, though, folks. If you're a lawyer out there, this is this is free quasi legal. We're not supposed to give legal advice over podcasts, but this is like quasi legal advice. You haven't gotten a letter from us saying we're your attorneys, so we're not. Right. So the, the answer is the answer is long and short. Don't send text messages, antagonistic emails, little notes. Don't don't send love letters that basically say I'm going to screw you because you didn't pay me. That is the takeaway. The takeaway from this case is, is it is a terrible, horrible, unethical idea to do that. And you're going to get sanctioned for it, even if you should get paid. And it's not even I'm going to screw you, but, you know, but, you know, basically wishing the guy bad luck, you know, best of luck in prison. That's uh, that's just wrong. You don't just do that. But now, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the civil lawyers don't necessarily have as bad of problems. I do a lot of civil cases. I've withdrawn from cases um, and it's usually a plaintiff's attorney that does the withdrawal. There's usually some reasons there, like maybe that plaintiff client wasn't completely forthright with things or maybe the case just isn't a case after all there's there's different reasons but the the big differentiator between the civil cases and those criminal cases is nobody's going to lose years off their life in a civil case you know no, you're not going to get locked up so what's interesting is is the question of what's more valuable human liberty or money well, you know where I'm going with that one. It's definitely the liberty. Right. Human liberty is 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 sacrosanct, right? The problem is, is that when we get licensed as the turn and I'm and I, look, if it, if I'm coming across as pretty adamant on this point, it's because over practicing law for more than a decade, let me tell you, I'm I I get really frustrated and aggravated when I have clients that I fight hard for and they're not living up to their side of the bargain. And 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 if you don't think it matters, folks, let me say this. Lawyers, just like every other human being that works for a living, likes to get paid. And needs to, quite right. frankly. Right. Right. The mortgage company <laughs> the mortgage company doesn't accept the answer of I'm a oh, lawyer. <laughs> oh, you're doing pro bono hours? God bless you. Oh yeah. And look, we do a lot of pro bono, but the key is that we get to pick what that pro bono work is. Unless the court appoints us, and even then we're in Louisiana, we're entitled to overhead for that. So look, my point my point again is is push comes to shove, push comes to shove. You don't send nasty little messages, little, hey, I'm going to take your case or have fun in prison because of the inference being that that you're creating a conflict of interest, which, by the way, I think the Supreme Court also kind of alluded to the fact that that you created a conflict in a in, a, in essence to create an issue to get off the case. Absolutely. Which which problem solved. He doesn't have to try the, the case now, but now he's sanctioned by the bar. So so. 
The other side of this, folks, is look, if you're going to hire an attorney to do something, if you're going to hire anybody to do a task, whether it's building you a house, whether it's legal services, you need to live up to your end of the bargain. Because what's going to happen is, is you may get into the position of, of, of basically having somebody who's morally and ethically bound to fight hard for you and to zealously represent you, but whose heart may not be in it because you haven't lived up to your side of the bargain. Now, look, I know, I know, I know we, we have a limited amount of time, Richard, but the other side of this is in some places, attorneys actually sue clients for breach of contract, like for failure to pay bills. And, and I don't know how that plays out because I mean, if they don't have enough money to pay you, and I'm assuming these are cases where they do have enough money to pay you and they're just choosing to de- deprioritize you to the back of the line, you know, like, you know, who hasn't had the client as an attorney where they said, Hey, I just don't have enough money to pay you. And then you go on their social media. Not that I've trolled social media, not that I go on Facebook and look at what my clients are doing, but then you see that going on a trip somewhere like a, like a cruise somewhere or standing on the hood of a car with a Glock and a fistful of cash. Yeah. I mean, it happens guys. It happens. So my point is, my point is, is if if there's a level of frustration in our tone or my tone, Rich is a lot more even keel on this issue than I am. It's because I really, really do get it. I don't, I do not in any Franz Borkart in no way, shape or form agrees with the texting of clients that have not paid you Uh, things like have fun in prison. But I will tell you, I sympathize and empathize with this attorney because I have been there when you're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to get off the case. The judge won't let you off the case. And look, the only solution is you got to file a motion to withdraw and then just ride that way. You know, at, at some point, at some point, you either have to to make a record saying, judge, I'm, I'm not going to be effective because I cannot work for somebody for free. And then I'm sure the judge will hold you in contempt of court at that point. So. Yeah. And, and you just opened up a ineffective assistance of counsel claim for later. But I mean, sometimes I'm more effective than others. That's I don't right. Know what to tell you. Who knows? I mean, Who knows? It's a it's a trick. Look, guys, it is a trick bag. It is a trick bag and it's a lose lose situation. Um, we just thought this was an interesting story. Um, and I think that's about it for this one. Um, if you have and I will say this, part of this can be front ended. Part of this can be when you're negotiating with your attorney, make sure you set up a payment plan that you can actually afford. If you're going to do a payment plan, make sure you can afford the attorney you're trying to hire. Look, everybody wants to drive in a Bentley or a Beamer. You know, not everybody can afford to drive in a Beamer or Bentley. And so the bottom line is maybe you need to to hire someone that you can afford. You know, and by the way, for some odd reason, I'm going to go off on this one for a second. For some odd reason, there is a perception that the most expensive is always the best. And it's simply not the case. Um, I can tell you often the most expensive attorneys will charge you four, five, six hundred dollars an hour and hire a younger attorney for much less and, and have the them law, do most of the work. The law of just, associates. Just, uh, just, just think about that for a minute, folks. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's about it for this episode of Legally Unfiltered. This has been Attorney Franz Borkhardt, Attorney Richard Sprinkle. Have a great day and pay your lawyers. The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home.